0: The following is a presentation of the Treasure Island Baseball Network. It's time for your weekly trip around the bases with your hometown team. It's Inside Twins, where we dive into the minds of the guys in charge for insight, information, and analysis. Inside Twins is brought to you by Continental Diamond, home of the best diamonds outside of Target Field. Here's your host of Inside Twins, Corey Provis.
1: Good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to Inside Twins, brought to you by Continental Diamond, home of the best diamonds outside of Target Field. We are live just outside the Thompson Reuters Champions Club on another beautiful day here at the ballpark. Sunday baseball coming up at Target Field. Twins and the Red Sox about one hour from now. And the rubber game of this three-game series. And boy, on paper, it should be really fun here today with Irvin Santana who leads the Major League in ERA with a .66 earned run average. He'll be opposed by Chris Sale, who's striking out batters left and right. So Santana Sale, game three, to decide the series. I'm Corey Provis. We welcome your questions today. You can reach us in two ways, by email, inside twins at twinsbaseball.com, or on Twitter, hashtag InsideTwins. And joining us on our Sunday afternoon program, we say good afternoon to the assistant GM of the Minnesota Twins. Always nice to catch up with Rob Anthony. How are you?
0: I'm doing well, Corey. How are you?
1: I'm doing fine. Nice to visit with you once again on this show. And I think it was the first 16 games or 60, yeah, first 16 games of the season, Rob, where the team did not make a single transaction with the roster. And now here we go day after day. The chain of events that you have witnessed the last couple of days with Gibson then Danny Santana and yesterday Michael Tonkin in the end, what led to that? And we'll get more in depth on each one, but uh, how did this happen so quickly?
0: Well, we have had some situations where uh, Mejia and Gibson were not pitching very well in the starting rotation, which leads to the bullpen getting a bit overtaxed. And we had to make some moves when we had some short starts. Thus, we went and got Nick Tepish and, uh so that he could give us some length out of the bullpen uh, because we were basically relying on Justin Haley for that all along. And then he uh, came up sore, and he had to go out for uh, a rehab after the 10-day DL stint, but it was tough for Nick because for 15 days he hadn't pitched, and then we asked him to start against a club like this yesterday, and, and uh, things got a little out of control, when we didn't feel the ball with two outs and, and spiraled a little bit on him, so uh, one thing always leads to another, but it always seems to come back to pitching, and if you get strong starting pitching, uh, it sets up your bullpen, they don't get overused, guys stay healthy. And things kind of fall into place. but uh, and, and we had that for the most part early on. You know, Gibson kind of struggled all along. He had a tremendous spring training. And then he just didn't get off on the right track and, and struggled. And Mejia, you know, from from the start, you know, he had one day of major league service coming into the season. So he's a rookie. You knew that there might be some bumps in the road. And, and we sent him down to try and get a regular start. Unfortunately, Rochester's had all kinds of weather issues. So he and Brios have not been able to really stay on there every fifth day rotation. Uh, but right now we're just focused on, on him getting straightened out. And Barrios has been working on some things in spring training, and we keep an eye on them. And, and in the meantime, we're trying to find some guys and give some guys an opportunity to try and keep us in the game.
1: I want to get back to both Mejia and Barrios later in the program. But but getting back to Tepish, when he joined the Twins early on the last road trip in Arlington, I would imagine that what happened yesterday was not – the ideal scenario that he would go with 16 days between between action between pitching in a game what was his role when he joined the team in arlington what did you guys tell him that this is where you're going to, to kind of slot in
0: well he came up with the expectation that he could give us some length he could give us innings out of the bullpen if our starter got knocked out in the second inning or or had got off to a rough start and after we did that our starters kind of gave us a chance they pitch into the fifth and sixth and seventh inning and and we didn't really have a spot for him. Once you get past that 5th, 6th inning, then Paul goes to some of his setup guys and guys that are normally picked to the 6th, 7th, and 8th inning. So it didn't really fit for Nick, and, and there wasn't really an opportunity to plug him in. And then once we decided he was going to start the game yesterday, the previous five days, you didn't really want to put him in there for any length of time. So... Uh, a lot of things just kinda of factored into it and, and created a little bit of a rough situation for him yesterday.
1: Does Tepish get another start? Is he still in the rotation next week?
0: Well we're listing things is to be determined and that's something that we'll discuss, you know, today and tomorrow and We've got an off day coming up, and so we, we can juggle some things around, but um, we'll, we'll, we'll determine that here in the next day or two.
1: Other roster news that uh, that I think caught us all by surprise, maybe not internally, was what with what happened to, to Danny Santana and Eddie Adrianza coming up, and Drew Ruzinski had his contract selected. There were issues with the 40 men, right? Guys that maybe would have fit better at this time, but... Some of your key guys down in the minor leagues are hurt, right?
0: Yeah, unfortunately, we, we do have some guys hurt down there. And and we talked to our staff down there, and they said Rusinski was the, the guy that should come up and, and could give us some innings out of the bullpen, kind of like when we brought up Tepish, what his role was going to be. And, and Drew came in and did exactly that yesterday. So uh, he did his job yesterday and, and provided us some innings. But, um, you know, Michael Tonkin was used a lot late in games, and usually when we were either far ahead or far behind and and he was struggling you know what he he was giving up runs about every time out and uh, we just got to the point you know he was out of options so it was a situation where we couldn't send him down and thus we needed a spot when we brought up Rosinski and and so we designated him and uh, did the same thing with Danny Santana the day before and with Danny Adrianza was hurt went down was rehabbing, and he was basically healthy. So he was ready to go. He's played some outfield down in Rochester. So he's played some infield and outfield, and, and we just had to make a decision if we wanted to uh, activate uh, Adrianza and do something with Danny or, or what we were going to do there uh, because both are out of options, and we had to had to make a move there. Uh, one final
1: thought before we take our break. and If you can elaborate on that last point, why not just activate Adrianza and designate him? What, what was more... I guess ideal at the given time to keep Adrianza with the club and not Danny Santana.
0: I think uh, I think just maybe the the need and feel that it was good to have another infielder and um, we've had Danny for a while and and he had a really good first year and he struggled a little bit the last couple of years and uh, as much as anything just the belief of let's see what we have in Adrianza and we know he's a really good defensive infielder and Danny struggled on the infield he did fine in the outfield and we think we we may use him more in the infield than in the outfield. So, therefore, if you're going to decide between the two, we kind of just went with the infielder.
1: So you just wanted more coverage with the infield because Danny was playing more outfield when he was getting some time. You were trying to find some depth with the infield, and you felt internally that Adrianza right now better on the infield than Danny Santana.
0: Right, and when you look at this, you know, Santana was the fourth or fifth outfielder, and, and that's a tough position to be in. You know, you don't get a lot of starts, you don't get a lot of at-bats, and when you do, you you try and perform and you try and come through, but it's a tough situation, but that's kind of what the role is, and so you're trying to find the person who maybe can fit that the best, and when they're called on to pinch run or to to go in defensively or or get a start, Adrian's starting today at second base, uh, you're, you're ready to go. And that's it takes a unique player who can uh, stay prepared when they're not in there regularly.
1: All right, we'll take our first break, come back. We'll dive more into the roster. We'll get into to Kyle Gibson, Michael Tonkin, the DFA process. Also have updates on Brian Dozier. Good news, Buxton back in the lineup today. We'll talk about that more with Rob next on your home for Twins Baseball. You're listening to
0: the Treasure Island Baseball Network.
1: Welcome back, Inside Twins, brought to you by Continental Diamond, home of the best diamonds outside of Target Field. Corey Provis and Rob Anthony, our Sunday program here at Target Field. We spent some time, Rob, the first segment on Danny Santana, Michael Tonkin being DFA'd. For those who aren't familiar with the process, remind folks how that works.
0: Basically, when you uh, designate a player for assignment, you have uh, pretty much a week to do something with them. They come off your 40-man roster immediately. And you have time to talk with other clubs to try and work out a trade. If you're unable to, then you have to either put them on outright waivers or release them uh, within that period of time. So uh, we've got about a week to try and do something, see if uh, other clubs have interest in either one of those players and see if we can put them in a good situation and, and maybe get something back in return.
1: Are you optimistic that one, if not both, could could clear waivers if you get to that point?
0: Um doubtful because I think so many clubs are looking for bullpen help and Michael's had some success in the past he's got velocity he's got a second pitch um, he's just had a tough time and, and I think he's he's better than his numbers have shown so I think there will be some interest and if we are not able to trade him I would be surprised if he cleared and and Danny's versatile he's got some speed he can pinch run uh, he can play the outfield and in the infield if, if need be so he has some versatility. And I think there are some clubs that would see him as an upgrade with their utility guy.
1: Now, before all the, before all this happened, Kyle Gibson was optioned down to Triple A after another rough go uh, last time out against the A's. And listening to Kyle after the game, he wasn't shocked by the news. He understood it, not happy but understood it. What happened? Gibson was so good in spring training. I know spring training is a whole separate is a whole separate issue, but he was so good. Why did that not translate here in the regular season?
0: I don't think he was nearly as aggressive. He didn't attack the zone. He was getting behind in the count. When you throw a lot of sinkers and you start off hitters with sinkers, a lot of times they know that. So anything down, they're going to let it go. And all of a sudden it's ball one, ball two. It was a nice pitch. It was a good pitch. If they swing, they probably ground out or or don't hit it squarely. But if they don't, it's not in the strike zone. I think he needs to be more aggressive in the strike zone, whether it be with the sinker or his forcing fastball or slider. I think he needs to trust his stuff a little more, be more aggressive and when he's cruising along, he, he can go three, four innings and look tremendous and sometimes when he gets in trouble I think he overthinks things and he starts to pick at the zone and tries to make the perfect pitch and maybe gives the hitters a little too much credit and that kind of snowballs on him.
1: Jason Castro was gonna hopefully help Cal Gibson Uh, in a big way this season but as good as Castro is at framing he still couldn't bail out Gibson time and time again right with the movement on a sinker
0: yeah and that's the thing is when you have that kind of movement I'm not sure if I'm Kyle Gibson that I don't just look to throw it down the middle and let it sink and let it move rather than trying to you know throw it at the knees dive out of the zone and do some different things and you know I shouldn't try and pretend to be in his head or what he's what he's thinking but I think his stuff is too good to put up the numbers that he has.
1: Final thought before we take our next break on Gibson. Uh, so much was made this offseason, new throwing program, release point, and, and everything he does in between starts. Is he going to scrap that? Is he going to go back to what he did in the past or still stick with with what he was using all winter long and, and what worked well in spring training?
0: No, I think that's been a positive, and I think he'll continue on with that because that isn't the, the mechanics are not his problem. Uh, his pitches and his stuff are not the problem. I think it's more a battle of, more a battle of, of mentally um, you know, managing the game and, and making the pitches when he needs to and trusting his stuff and being aggressive. So I think he just needs to get in the right mindset and let his stuff play a little more.
1: All right, we'll take a break. More with Rob Antony next. Inside Twins rolls on on your home for Twins Baseball. Welcome back, Inside Twins, brought to you by Continental Diamond, home of the best diamonds outside of Target Field. Inside Twins until twelve thirty. Chris has the pregame show next, and then we'll have Game Three at one ten. Irvin Santana and Chris Hill, Corey Provis back with Rob Anthony, and we should mention that the Twins did make a roster move again today. Uh, the corresponding move for Michael Talk and Justin Haley off the DL and active today.
0: Yeah, he he made one uh, appearance down in Rochester, pitched a clean inning with with two strikeouts, and in more than anything, he felt healthy and, and ready to go. And um, in in our situation, we need to have as many options out there in the bullpen as we can right now. And I think he'll probably uh, pitch his way back into that. We'll have to stretch him out even for long relief right now. So his next time out will probably only be an inning or two, and hopefully he builds that back up and and uh, is an option for us out there for length. The incident he
1: had with Jacoby Jones before the injury, uh, that, that could rattle a player. Did, did you talk with him? Did, did anybody in the front office chat with Justin about how he's doing mentally after what, what transpired in the field?
0: I think we let our coaches do that. Um, I can't speak for Derek or Thad. They may have had a conversation with him, but I thought he was visibly rattled, and that, that can shake a person up because he obviously wasn't intending to even come high and tight. That was just a fastball that got away from him, and, and you feel horrible about it. You need to recover, regroup, and and go on but uh, you know obviously that was a he was visibly shaken and and nobody likes to see that
1: on the injury front brian dozier s- severely rolled his ankle on friday and, and as paul was saying on the manager show today amazingly stayed in the game for a few more innings didn't play yesterday not in there today if if there was no off day tomorrow if the team had a game would you be more prone to a to a 10-day DL move for him
0: uh, hypothetically, maybe, but we do, and we've factored that in from the start. So if we can wait a day or two, find out, and if it, all of a sudden the swelling goes down, he feels better, and we think he can be back in there, then we don't DL him. Uh, if it doesn't, we can retro it three days. So he basically would be almost like on a seven-day DL because he retro it back to to yesterday. And, and so we're right now taking advantage of those couple of days, trying to figure out and see. Uh, the 10-day DL helps. As it used to be 15, and therefore you might wait a week and figure out, but then there was no amount of time. You could retro it all the way back to the day after the injury. Now it's just three days that you can retro it, but it's only 10 days. So if a guy's going to be out, sometimes you look at it and you say, let's give him a break, let's make sure he's fully healthy, and just put him on the DL, but at the same time, if, if he's ready to go and can contribute in a few days, you don't want to do that.
1: So the dialogue is different, though. Now, when you do internally discuss DLing a player, going from 15 down to 10, you, you may see, and I think we've seen it across the game so far, teams, are, I think, are putting more guys on Maybe because they have a, a, you know, fewer days
0: to yeah. play with. Yeah, you, you're not losing those five extra days, which can be almost two series. And so, therefore, you might be a little more inclined to play it safe, put a guy on the 10-day DL. Uh, but when it was 15, you know, that's a little bit longer. The guy's missing half a month instead of a third.
1: And Byron Buxton uh, did avoid the, the seven-day concussion DL. He's back in the lineup today. Have you guys spoken internally about the way that Byron plays? It, it's an it's an aggressive, fun, athletic fun style to watch as a fan and as i remind people that if byron didn't go the baseball route he was going to play college football at georgia so what you see is not at all i think surprising of his makeup do you want him to to rein it in a little bit or is that just who he is
0: you never want to really try and tone somebody down to the point where you make them play cautious or conservative because he's not going to make plays you want him to understand use the warning track to your advantage and once you get to that point you better You know, look up, see where that wall is, and if you don't make the play, that's fine. You give up a double, but we have you in the lineup for the next day. Um, But that's hard to take away from a player with his uh, drive, his instincts, and just the way he's always played the game. So uh, I think he'll continue to be aggressive, and hopefully it'll be a smart aggressiveness, and, and you hope that he doesn't run into too many more walls.
1: We'll take our last break, come back, and dip down to the minor leagues with Rob Next on your home for Twins Baseball. Sounds a Pearl Jam. Nice way to enjoy your Sunday. Wrapping up Inside Twins with Rob Anthony. I'm Corey Provis. Inside Twins brought to you by Continental Diamond, home of the best diamonds outside of Target Field. We look ahead, Rob, to next week, and uh, the Twins will have to go back to a five-man rotation on the next road trip. Uh, the names, are, I think, are pretty obvious, whether it's uh, you look down to the minor leagues, Mejia, Barrios, and you can't help but look at Barrios' numbers and say, boy, if you just look at the numbers, why isn't he here now, and why shouldn't he be with the team next week? As you guys discuss that internally, why not? What's what's holding Barrios back if that doesn't happen?
0: He's getting closer, but it's a mechanical thing and a repeatability thing where he needs to be able to do some things out of the stretch that he's able to do out of the windup uh, to help his fastball command and his command overall. He's working on those things. He's doing well in the bullpen and not always taking him into the game. In AAA, you can get away with some pitches and some things. You don't have nine hitters that you need to be careful with. Um, sometimes you can pitch around some of the, the heart of the order and get to some other players. Uh, sometimes you get them chasing out of the zone, and you can just definitely get away. There, there's a big difference between AAA hitting and and the big leagues, and uh, I think uh, Jose gets away with some of those things. But more than the performance, we're looking at the process And we just want him to be consistent with some of his mechanical adjustments.
1: So is it as simple as saying that six or seven strikeouts down at AAA may be three to four or five walks up at the big league
0: level? Yeah, it's absolutely possible because some some hitters, when they get 3-2 up here, they'll lay off the breaking ball out of the zone or the high fastball. Down there he gets them to chase or, or he gets ahead of them early in the count on pitches that, you know, might have been called balls here because they weren't in the zone, but hitters are trying to be aggressive and get to him early and not get into a strikeout count.
1: I got about thirty seconds left. Give me a thought or two on today. Sales Santana.
0: Uh looking forward to it. I mean you can't you can't pitch much better than, than our man Santana has done and, and obviously you touched on it earlier, sales striking out about everybody or about eleven or twelve every yeah. nine innings and he's just got dominant stuff. He's a fierce competitor and Irvin's a quiet competitor, but he is hard on himself. He does not like to walk people and he has done some things that are historic and hopefully he can continue that today
1: enjoy the game thanks for the chat today always right. appreciate it
0: thanks enjoyed being with you
1: all right we thank rob anthony for joining us do not go anywhere we have more to come chris the pregame show coming up next in game three twins and the red sox santana and sales stay tuned more to come on this lovely sunday here at target field in your home for twins baseball
0: You have been listening to Inside Twins, brought to you by Continental Diamonds, home of the best diamonds outside of Target Field. This has been a presentation of the Treasure Island Baseball Network.